0: And welcome to Policy Voices by Friends of Europe, an independent think tank with a difference. Each week from Brussels, we bring you powerful conversations with policy voices from around the world. Policy voices talking policy choices.
1: And now we are building a global vision. This is what I. You know, this is my dream. My dream is to be able to have a global vision that we all share at least. This is what probably within the next 10 years, what we believe should be a network for a continent. Where for us, what is important is cooperation and solidarity and not leaving anyone behind. That's that's our values in Europe.
0: Hello, I'm Catarina Villanova and you're listening to Policy Voices, Friends of Europe's weekly podcast on the European and global affairs. You most likely recognize the voice at the start of today's episode as Thierry Breton's and you are right. The European Commission for Internal Market joined Friends of Europe's last week for an event right after a special European Council and on the day hundreds of angry farmers drove their tractors to Brussels and paralyzed most of the European Quarter. Thierry Breton spoke to Darmendra Kanani, Friends of Europe's chief spokesperson, about the challenges of the internal market, the much-anticipated Digital Network Act and, of course, European Defence. In the end, Breton still had a message for the farmers. Have a listen to their conversation.
2: You've just come out of a council uh, meeting where uh, you know the midterm review of the uh, you know annual the multi-financial framework, multiannual financial framework, and. Clearly, um, you have good news insofar as Ukraine, uh, as I understand it. I don't know. You can let us know. But in terms of where we stand right now, in terms of the internal market, many people will say it's an unfinished business. And it's like painting the kind of... There's a famous bridge in Scotland. You continually paint it, but it's never finished. Many private actors and others will say it's not really a job done. And... What is it you say to them in terms of how you make sure the job will be done? Because we have quotes from citizens. We have so just to let you know we have a, a new initiative called um, 2024 Voices, where we're going to be launching at the end of February, a major report where we've been, done deliberative work with citizens from the seven top markets in Europe and who are asking them very specific questions about how they feel about number of issues, digitalization, internal market etc. is one of, them. One of the uh, questions has been, it doesn't feel like a market because some of the entrepreneurs can't literally easily travel from one another without having to remake themselves. So what do you say to the, the question of the internal market?
1: You know, the internal market is good because it's a never-ending fight. Never-ending fight. I just come back from, from D.C. And uh, sometimes it's good to be in the United States of America because they tell me, you have a strong internal market. We are very happy. You're, you're lucky to have such a strong market with now more and more um, or, uh, same rules everywhere. It's not the case in the United States. We we don't have yet, uh, believe it or not. So, I mean, uh, uh, you're, you're absolutely right in your comments. So we know that, that that the job of an internal market commissioner is to make sure that he has the tools, he has also the dedicated forces uh, to do it. And <coughs> one of the first things I did when now, when I've been um, tasked uh, in this mission was to see uh, how we could reinforce, uh, let's say, uh, the, uh, the policy and, and and everything I have to do to make sure that it, it's working. And now we have the um, single market uh, emerging task force with a dedicated team, finally, to make sure that everything is going well. We have been able to withdraw um, uh, uh, and to reduce uh, 300 uh, barriers, 300 uh, and and, um, and I learned also during the past crisis that in time of crisis they come faster than uh, during in a normal uh, environment I should say I just remember how we had to cope with uh, some countries when we had the uh, problems the issues with the mask with the PP. Uh, equipment uh, um, uh, that we were lacking of. Um, our member states started to close their borders to protect their own. So we learn also. Yeah. So, internal market, nothing is perfect. It's again a progress. We need to continue to progress. We learn also from our failures. Let me quote someone from uh, Poland. Her name is Cornelia,
2: uh, and she's an entrepreneur. This is part of our uh, 2024 Voices Deliberative, which is one of the most important economic challenges, is adapting to the business environment, constantly innovating. We find it really hard, and we don't have the help to ensure that we are able to stay in industry and up to speed. You're bringing out a, uh, a white paper on, you know, the uh, Digital
1: Networks Act.
2: What will change for her?
1: Projecting ourselves maybe mm. for, for for the next five years ahead of us, uh, we still have things to do. Um, yes, it's true that we need to discuss of our infrastructure in terms of digital, but it's true also that we are lacking of a, a global uh, and coherent, um, uh, uh, let's say, financial market. And 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 it's true that it is still too fragmented. So let's speak first of um, uh, uh, for the financial market. This is, this is really something that we are lacking behind in mm. Europe, and we need to have a much more integrated one. This is now obvious, and I really hope that it will be high on the agenda for the next commission, because of course, uh, uh, we have the engineers, we have the technical technological capacities, uh, we have all the support, we have a very clear rules, but uh, it's true that when you're a startup, it's not, not always easy to find the right financing uh, solutions, hmm. and this is something that, uh, personally, I think we need to put very high on the next uh, agenda of the Commission. This is really the thing which will allow us to boost all these innovations that I see here uh, uh, in uh, in Europe, everywhere, including, of course, in uh, in Poland. But, but, uh, um, in order to achieve our ambition, uh, now. Um, uh, as I said, we have a digital, um, uh, in internal market, but in order to make this, uh, let's say, up to date, and really uh, at the state of the art, we need now to have the right infrastructure. And it's true that we don't have yet the right infrastructure to support our goal and our ambition. But you know, of course I'm an engineer by training, and, 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 and by former jobs, but I'm a politician. So I work now as a politician, and who give me, let's say, the direction that I have to follow, the co-legislators. And what did they request? It's very clear now. It is in the digital decade. It has been voted by the parliament. It has been voted by the council. It, uh, and now it is our democratic ambition. Hmm. It's not Thierry Botton's willingness. Sure. It's not uh, uh, Ursula von der Leyen's uh, 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 hope. It is now, mandatory, because it is what our democracy has requested. Now, as a commissioner, I'm in charge to apply it, to make it workable.
2: But and it depends depend on council members yes. actually saying one thing here, but defending their own sovereignty back home.
1: That's, that's something else. I mean, when you're in Washington, D.C., I mean, uh, uh, you hear something when, when, you're, when you're the governor of uh, Delaware or Georgia or, yeah. or, or whatever, you say something else, good, uh, bienvenue dans le monde des Continent, okay. democratic. Uh, uh, welcome in the world of democratic continent. We are a democratic continent. And it's true that, yes, we have some states where you have your own view and your, and, and, and your constituency, uh, but, and, and you go to, to D.C. or to Brussels. By the way, D.C. and Brussels are exactly the same thing. Same number of, uh, of uh, journalists, same number of think tanks, same number of uh, lobbyists, uh, which is fine. Uh, uh, 1,300 uh, lobbyists, 1,200 journalists, a bit more lobbyists than journalists, and, and a significant amount of think tank. Sure. But that's welcome again in a democratic continent. Okay. So yeah. my point here now for uh, what we could expect from what we call the DNA, Digital Network Act, mm-hmm. this is what we are working on. And uh, you mentioned it in the, in the white paper. So we said, look, for the digital decade, we need to have this kind of connectivity. We have, we have a lot of KPIs. But of course... What should be the n- infrastructure that we need to develop in Europe to make this happen? And this is where I launched a very broad and consul- large consultation, like in everything I'm doing yeah. for, the, for the DSA, the DMA, the Data Act, or even the AI Act. We launched a very large consultation, member states, but uh, customers, customer associations, unions, uh, academics, everyone who wanted to say something had a chance to say, what was the question? What is the vision? What is your vision of what should be the network of tomorrow, uh, uh, in order to support uh, the um, digital space? Uh, should, it, should it still be uh, based on cable or on 5G only, uh, or should we st- should we think uh, also on? Uh, beyond 5G so so do we think of a uh, software as a network application or what will you carry on your on your on your uh, network will be data should it be apis uh, how will you use uh, edge computers mm. in, uh, in into in, embedded into your networks so we ask all these questions and now we are building a global vision this is what i you know mm. this is my dream mm. my dream is to be able to have a global vision mm. that we all share at least. this is what probably within the next ten years what we believe should be a network for a continent where for us what is important is cooperation and solidarity and not leaving anyone behind. That's, that's our values in Europe. Mm. And especially it's important when you are in charge of, again, a continent made of 27 countries with their own history. So I hope that we are now in the process to finalize. We, now we have a pretty good vision. Yeah. And then, of course, the next question is, behind this vision, okay, how do you we are here? By the way, with a regulation, which is mainly based on almost 25 years ago now, almost, uh, when uh, incumbent, and I run an incumbent, uh, uh, so uh, we, we inherited from very large uh, copper networks, and uh, uh, we have been obliged, Push it was good, to open our networks in order to, uh, to encourage competition. But the regulation is mainly based on that. Uh, uh, my point here is that, yes, we will be very open, Like in any regulation that we have put for the chips, for the clean tech, we need to have exactly the same thing now with Mm. vision. For the chips, it was easy. The vision was also same kind of things. By 2030, we want to be able to produce in Europe at least 20% of the global consumption in semiconductor, by the way, both in legacy uh, semiconductors, but also cutting edge. And, of course, enhance our research. One pillar for research, one pillar for financing, one pillar for regulation if we need to adapt it. This is exactly what we are working on. Sure. Of course, uh, I know that the time is a time. We have elections in between. Exactly. But, but, but I really think it's extremely important to start to do this. And uh, we could not do it before because we wanted to have first the view and objectives from our co-legislators, then to finalize all our landscape, regulatory landscape, which give us now the capacity to have finally A global integrated digital market Mm. third point infrastructure this is where we are and I hope that we will be able to have to have a very very strong paper and that of course it will be uh, let's say the first pillar of uh, what uh, we will be we will uh, need to to do for the for the, for the next five years. Next five years. Yeah.
2: Indeed. And, you know, vision on paper is absolutely fantastic, but you know better than anybody else, given that you've come from the private sector into the commission, you realise that it's like herding cats to get operational things done because you're 27 markets and actually having that vision is great, but getting things done in the way that we did during COVID is amazing what we did in COVID because adversity drove our passion to cut across borders and do things. But one of the biggest challenges will be implementation. How do you get into a commission that's implementation focused? But I'm not going to ask you off that question because I'm conscious of the time, I want you to talk about your vision for peace. You just spoke about a vision for digitalization and make, making sure no one's left behind and having a, a real strong continent but connected and interdependent with the rest of the world. You're the one who's also responsible for some of our you know, defence budgets. And you've made a very bold statement that we should move to 100 billion because you think it's absolutely the right thing to do. Unpack that for us, would you please? In the context of the fact that Ukraine still doesn't have what it was promised, and it won't have, have by the April this year, in terms of the full set of armaments, armaments that it needs right now. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, if that's not the right thing, but I think you made a, a number of statements which caught the imagination of the press when you spoke about you know, what was reported by Trump, and it's made everyone think about, mm, as we think about that horrible uh, outcome that might happen if he tra- does come back to uh, power, we'll need to do things very differently, and learn from the past.
1: Welcome in Europe. And when I come again, in being a politician, of course, I stay in my position. But my role is to, especially in the capacity of all the, let's say, the files that I have to run, uh, is uh, to express a vision. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, that's the job of politicians, to make sure that this vision, this ambition, um, could be shared by our co-legislators. Who are, again, our co-legislators? The parliament, and our, I, call it, I prefer to call it our European Senate, because the Council is a European Senate. Of course, we, yeah, have, yeah. we have 27, we are not, but that's exactly, again, it's a chamber representing our states. In defense, uh, uh, we have now, um, uh, I believe, a very urgent need to make sure that we will increase our, let's say, defense production capacity uh, to, to cope with the situation. Uh, we are lucky enough in Europe to be able to do everything in defense, but not at the right time, not at the right time. So defense readiness is really, uh, let's say, the change of paradigm that we need to implement Absolutely. within all our defense industries. So we started, we started with ammunitions. Uh-huh. So you, ask, you ask myself, uh, uh, I will say a few words on it now, and then I will tell you what we have in mind okay. with the 100 billion. Defense with ammunition here also. Uh, um, we took a commitment that it was very important to make sure that we can enhance our uh, defense industry uh, uh, dedicated to ammunition, uh, mainly 155 uh, uh, artillery uh, ammunitions, uh, to be able to, to, to provide what is necessary to Ukraine. Myself, in my capacity, I'm not able to deliver to Ukraine, but I'm able, That's my job, to make sure that the defense industry will enhance its capacity Mm -hmm. to produce this. So I said, last March, in a year from now, I take the commitment, here again, to increase our capacity of production to one million. Of course, then Member States said, from our side, we want to make sure that we will be able to provide to Ukraine one million shells. But that's their, their mission, because they have the money and they have the one to pass order. My mission is to make sure that the industry will be able to support this ambition. And guess what? Here again, I started to tour again, everywhere in Europe, twelve countries, seventy factories, one by one, discussing with them. We increased, we increased in ten months, for more than forty percent. In fact, closer to fifty percent, the capacity of production of Europe. I ask and I propose a new regulation ASAP, asap, to in order to finance uh, this manufacturing, and we got the authorization for our co-legislator, you remember that. And then, we are now, and I announced yesterday, because it, we had a big uh, defense uh, uh, exactly. ministry uh, uh, meeting, that we are two months ahead of schedule, because now we have increased our capacity of production up to one million in Europe now, as, as I speak. So then, we will continue to increase it, because now we will have the benefit from ASAP, so our target will be between 1.4 to 1.5 million at the end of this year and 2 million next year. In other words, we almost increased in 10 months by 50% of capacity. We want to double it again now thanks to without ASAP, now, thanks to AZAP, again between now and 2025. And I'm absolutely convinced that we will be able to make it. Now of course. Member states have to pass orders exactly to the industry yep. the industry has to make we have to make sure that the industry which is providing all This capacity will provide at least for the months to come in priority to Ukraine and not outside of, uh, of Europe because of course uh, there is also some customers still buying this customer uh, quote unquote, buying uh, uh, These ammunitions so but that's not in my hand mm. So we delivered our mission and we will continue to do this now we are working on a, uh, a strategy at large based on what we learn mm. for ammunitions for all the defence industry, and I will present this on uh, February 27 here also, based on the same thing, same things uh, which is uh, 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 rules, regulations, uh, financing, uh, adaptations, uh, R&D. So we will have this three pillars, uh, let's say uh, mm-hmm. framework,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but it is for all the industry or defence industry. To make sure that we help this industry to change uh, their way of working and the paradigm uh, before uh, it was probably in the dividend of peace uh, era, uh,
0: Precisely. we were used
1: to have this industry uh, working with only one customer, the so member States, hmm. uh, at their own price and their own speed. But now we have a war. We have a war in Europe uh, at our door, hmm. and we know also. That all the 24 member states uh, who are member of, of NATO, we all committed to move our defence up uh, uh, um, our defence the uh, um, defence of defence by two percent of GDP, mm. which means that it will be an additional 140 billion euros that we we'll spend per year. Sure. So it means that we need our force to increase. Okay. So then, mm. how to do so? We made calculations with my teams. Mm. And we have two pillars that we believe. And it was, and I made this comment, by the way, uh, in my political family uh, at Renew. Some of you were, were probably here. Uh, uh, and, and I said, well, that's, that's my personal vision. This is like everything else. Huh? I express this vision. Based on what I see, yeah. we should probably work on two pillars. One should be to continue to support Ukraine and to make sure that we send a strong signal to support Ukraine. By doing this, continue to improve our defense Industry, not only in ammunition, but everywhere. That's a 50 billion package, more or less. And we can, of course, explain how we got to these figures. And the second pillar is that we have now in defense, finally, um, a, a strategic compass. In other words, that's our white book of defense, where we all align the 27. It has been d- done by my friend, uh, uh, the HRVP, Joël It's done now. And in this uh, strategic compass, we decided that we have four contested spaces where we need to work together and to build infrastructure to protect Europe in these contested spaces, which are what? Space, mm-hmm. cyber, air, and maritime. And here, we said that we need to build infrastructure together. I spoke about Iris Square for space. Uh, we will have a cyber, a cyber dome uh, for cyber security, and so on. And we believe this is another additional $50 billion. If, of course. Finally, there is a willingness to work on this that I'm sure, like for everything we have done since the past few years in terms of managing crisis, Mm. we will be able to find the money, including with different tools. So we have the different tools. But the Mm. first thing, of course, is to create a willingness, a political willingness, shared by not only the 27, never forget our co-legislators.
2: Finally, you need to go. All I, all I want you to say is what's your message to the people outside that are tractors everywhere, uh, young and old, and those who are likely to become even more active in the months to come? What's your message to them as a commissioner and who's like on the cusp of change and elections coming up in, in June? Well,
1: first, first uh, um, I, I am the commissioner of many things, but not on agriculture. So I'm very... I'm, so but I'm, you're one team Europe. So I'm very humble. I'm very humble. Uh, I'm very humble, but, but I think that at large... Uh, uh, one of the key messages that we need to, um, to carry to all our fellow citizens and all sectors. that of course, we are engaging in, into a very large um, transformation of our continent, both digital yeah. and green, uh, with the Green Deal. And of course, our mission, again, uh, collectively, is to make sure that we embark everyone into this transition at the right speed, not leaving anyone behind. And this is, I think, a very strong message for everybody. And everyone will be uh, an actor in this transition, but we will be here and to listen to what they have to say, to take this in consideration. And by the way, in my portfolio, this is what I did with the automotive industry, which is also engaged in a huge transition with millions of workers. And I created the so-called Route 35 with a rendezvous Okay. in 2026 to make sure that everything that we have to do is done without leaving anybody behind and to take the right decision. So that's basically uh, uh, what I believe uh, 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 we should do now. Of course, execution is extremely important. And that, of course, it will be another important uh, task for the next Commission. Exactly. Thank you.
2: thank you very much for that. And, you know, let's hope the spirit, imagination, and the execution ability last in the next Commission. Because from our point of view, there's been so many regulations. Actually, the next Commission has to be an implementation Commission. Ladies and gentlemen, Terry Breton, thank you for being with us. <laughs> really good. President. Thank Brilliant. you. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Thank you for staying on that side and listening to this week's Policy Voices, where Dermander Kanani, chief spokesperson of Friends of Europe, spoke to Thierry Breton, the European Commission for Internal Markets. If you want to see the full version of their conversation, you can find it on Friends of Europe's YouTube channel and we will leave the link on the show's notes. A final message before the end of today's episode. As the second year anniversary of the war in Ukraine approaches, Friends of Europe is launching the Ukraine Initiative on 14th of February and we are preparing a special series of Policy Voices. The first episode is going live already next Friday, so don't forget to subscribe to Policy Voices wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Catarina Villanova and I will be with you again next week.